You're listening to The Ascent Podcast, a production of Foothills Church. What we're talking about on today's podcast is not necessarily news. It's well-documented, but perhaps that's not what should be driving the headlines. The state of marriage in today's culture is in crisis. Divorce rates are at an all-time high. Millennials are even delaying entering into marriage. So what is fueling this, and how can we restore the covenant and the joy of marriage? Today we begin a new series looking at those very questions. Listen, when Jesus says, die to yourself, this is what it means practically in your marriages. Die to your needs. Die to what you want her to do for you and ask her, what do you want me to do? What can I do for you? This is what it it means to follow Jesus. I am Britton Drown. Thanks as always for listening. Let's jump right in. All right, well, welcome back into the podcast, and uh, as always, we're joined here by Lead Pastor Trent Stewart. Hey, Britton, how you doing? And welcome to everyone listening today. All right, well, we are starting a new series today. We're going to jump into another relational series here at Fiddles Church. We're calling this one Bring Back the Mixtape. It's kind of a fun title. Can you kind of walk us through kind of what that means and, and kind of your idea of what it, what it means to bring back the mixtape? Yeah, well, you know, I was cleaning out my attic and came across a box that kind of had a lot of memorabilia from when uh, Mike and I were first dating. And I came across an actual tape that I had made for her. And it had it had some songs from Brian McKnight. Uh, I'm not going to go into the whole list, but it, it, it just had some great songs. And it brought back a lot of feelings and emotions of those early days of when we first started dating. And I thought, man, this is a, this could be a good title for a sermon series because, you know, we, we can remember those feelings and uh, we can kind of reminisce on those feelings. But to have a healthy marriage, uh, we can't rely on those feelings. Uh, those feelings in the early days just aren't going to sustain our marriage. They never were intended. And I talked to so many couples who, you know, maybe they think they'd married the wrong person because I just don't feel the same about him anymore, or I don't feel the same about her anymore. And of course you don't, because time, you know, goes on and we change. And and uh, the those relationships, those marriages that not only last, but actually enjoy the relationship are those that learned how to create a new mix and learn how to continue to love each other and fall in love with each other and pursue each other. And so that's really kind of the idea of the series. How do we bring back that mixtape feeling and recognize that it's not enough, it's not going to sustain us, those feelings, uh, and we need a new mix, and the new mix uh, will create and refresh a new marriage. Yeah, we're definitely excited for this series. It's coming right off of the Real Friends series, which you know got a lot of great feedback. I think people really related well to that. Now we're moving into talking about marriage, and, and this is definitely something that's not only important for you know our church here at Foothills Church, but we're excited for the impact that this could really have on the on the broader community. Can you talk about you know how those needs are just so evident right now? Just understand marriage and, and, and bringing back that, that mix. Well, everybody needs help in marriage. If you're married, you need help. I mean, we don't know how to do this well. We don't have a class in college or, you know, high school that teach us how to have a good marriage. And so we all need help. And at some point, every single marriage needs a coach, a mentor, 
someone to help us walk through things. Depending on the situation, you may need a, a counselor to help you do this, a, 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 at least a pastor that can walk you through this, a small group leader. Um, and I think this, this this kind of series just relates to anyone who um, is married or who plans to be married, who wants to date. This this series is going to be a, a, a series on relationships. So we talk about dating. We'll talk about uh, marriage. And um, yeah, I just feel like everybody needs help. Yeah, we kind of, you jumped on this right away in, in part one of this series. I think a lot of the, the reason we experience those issues in marriage is because so many of us entered into marriage, but just a poor definition of, yeah. of what marriage is. So can you kind of touch on what your definition of, of marriage is or maybe why that's so dangerous to to enter into marriage without really understanding the purpose of marriage? Yeah, well, if we don't understand marriage from a biblical perspective, then we just enter marriage with this idea. It's it's kind of an unspoken definition. It's not like you wrote this down, but the unspoken definition is this woman is going to meet my needs. She's, you know, she's going to, you know, have sex with me when I want her to. She's going to, you know, cook a lot of food for me. She's going to do whatever I really need her to do. And, um, you know, after, you know, day one of marriage, you realize, uh-oh, that's not exactly what's going to happen here. And so now you're, you're either upset and mad and angry that your expectations weren't met, or you're going to live in reality and, and begin to realize that, okay, maybe there's something more here. And so, you know, for a good marriage to start, you know, some bad things have to stop, bad habits, you know, bad expectations, unrealistic expectations, and uh, bad has to stop before good can start. And and so, you know, we we begin to recognize some of those bad behaviors that that are causing conflict in the relationship. Um, but at the same time, yeah, what what is a good marriage? And so for that, we've got to turn to the scripture. Yeah, and it's interesting too to look at this through kind of the historical lens that that you provided too. You 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 touch on this in part one where you you walked us through kind of how the concept of marriage was understood by different generations. You had that great whiteboard example on stage. Can you kind of walk us through you know that demonstration how the the idea or the expectation of marriage has kind of evolved over the past couple of generations and how that influences how we're walking into marriage today. Yeah, well, you know, in the early, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, there was a commitment to the institution of marriage. And so for me, it was my grandparents. They were committed to, you know, we're married, married people don't get divorced, and that's it. And so there was no way they were going to get a divorce. Now, I never saw them hold hands. I never saw them hug. I never saw them, you know, really have – I haven't really – now that I think about it, they didn't really talk, <laughs> but they were not going to get a divorce because you just didn't do that because there was a commitment to the institution of marriage. And then in the 60s and 70s, you know, kind of that spirit of rebellion uh, was was growing in, in young people, essentially, basically my, my parents. And so they kind of looked at marriage as a barrier to free love or to real love. And so... Um, you know, that marriage uh, concept was kind of restrictive in their mind. And so uh, they didn't think that it was necessary for love. Um, and so, you know, we kind of moved into that. The result was that, you know, the institution of marriage, this covenant idea of marriage, you know, for the first time is is demoted. Uh, and the focus really becomes on, hey, you know, let's just 
be in love. Let's just love each other. And that just, you know, a lot of ways we just meant sex. And, and, um, and so those emotions and feelings were expressed in that. But essentially, when you think about it, all that, that entire generation was totally, you know, based on a me-centered um, feeling, emotional, what are you doing for me um, kind of relationship. And when you aren't fulfilling what I want you to do, then, you know, I guess, you know, this isn't love anymore. And so, you you know, you're bouncing from one lover to the next lover to the next lover. And then, you know, essentially um, it just doesn't work. And so, you know, from there, you, you kind of get into the 80s and 90s to where people had this same mentality. And for the first time, people started to get divorces. And, you know, for the first time in the history of really uh, our country, it, it was accepted. Um, so much so that by the time, you know, I hit high school in the nineties, like most of my friends were going through it. And so, um, that's kind of where we're at today where, you know, you, you see a large majority of people getting divorced. And so, um, it's, it's really, uh, I think a transition that dating couples need to, you know, think through, like we have a cohabitation mindset so often in dating, like, Hey, let's, kind of figure this out. Let's kick the tires to see if this relationship is going to work. So we kind of move in together. We'll sleep together. You know, we'll, we'll kind of act like we're married, even though we're not married. And if it works out, then maybe we'll talk about marriage or maybe, you know, we won't, but that cohabitation mindset is totally, you know, focused on how you are meeting my needs. And so what we need is a biblical understanding. And so that biblical understanding is what a covenant is. And so we get to biblical understanding where, yes, we are committed to the covenant, the institution of marriage, but we also have to be committed to actual growing the relationship. There's two commitments there that we have to be strong in, and and both couples or both people in the couple have to be committed uh, to that. Yeah, I love how you landed that too. You said when you when you break faith with your spouse, it's also breaking a promise with God. Yeah, and that's really understanding that covenant component of of what marriage is. And really, to put a bow on that point, you laid out kind of what that definition of of marriage really is. And you said marriage provides a covenant love between God, a man, and a woman. Can you kind of just break that definition down biblically for us, and where we can kind of find that in Scripture? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we see in Genesis uh, God creating man, creating uh, woman, and the two are becoming a one flesh union, and what God has joined together, let no man separate. So this is a covenant um, that I'm, I'm making a promise to my wife, I'm making a promise to God, and we're stepping into this covenant together, uh, one man, one woman, and this is a, a lifetime, you know, commitment. And so uh, when we're stepping into this, we, we recognize that it's a permanent relationship. Uh, that's the intent. Um, so divorce has to get off the table. Any marriage that, you know, has divorce as an option or divorce is on the table or someone is using divorce as leverage or, you know, when you argue, someone, you know, throws that word out there. Like you can never move forward if that word is lingering in the relationship. So I would say anyone who is listening, who is entertaining or thinking or that that's on the table somewhere, step number one is to remove that and say, we, we are not going to entertain that idea. Like we are committed to each other. We're in a covenant. We, we're, we're going to figure this out. Um, and so I think that, that that's a, 
commitment to the actual uh, marriage and, and to the covenant. But I think we're also, you know, as I said, we're, we've got to commit to the idea that we're going to grow uh, together um, as followers of Jesus, and we're going to grow together in, in our marriage. And so what, what does that look like, and how do, we, how do we move in that direction? Yeah, that was really kind of the second half of your message was marriage is really an opportunity for you to together as a couple to grow spiritually. So what does that look like if I'm if I'm in the middle of a marriage and maybe I, we have been tossing out that term divorce or we're just struggling relationally? How do we begin to shift our focus to growing spiritually together and, and, and have that kind of I don't know that confidence or that, that motivation that that's really going to impact our marriage? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think uh, step one is, you know, first of all, are you a follower of Jesus? And so I think we, we want to know, have you given your life to Christ? I mean, both of you, you know, and, and if we've done that, then we're, we're on the same playing field. If, if one person is not committed to Christ, um, then you're, you're going to have an imbalance there. And so that, that's step number one. And, and then, you know, we, we do, we turn to the scripture. We talked about Ephesians 5. And, and, and so um, men being the spiritual leaders of the home. And so that, what does that look like? And, uh, you know, essentially that means, you know, as men, we want to take responsibility to lead our family, to lead in this spiritual growth with our wife. And so that means, you know, we are, we are helping our family get involved in the church. We are going to church. We are helping, uh, our family get connected relationally. So for me, uh, you know, how can I help my wife, Micah, get connected relationally with other women? And how do I get my kids connected relationally with other students and, and uh, adult leaders? And and then, you know, um, I am the one who is, okay, before dinner, we're going to pray. Hey, honey, before we go to bed, we're going to pray. Hey, you know, let's gather together, you know, as a family and, and talk about the scripture or talk about you know, life or, or whatever it is. So essentially, you know, men are taking the initiative to do this. And so I think that's just a practical way of, of where men just have to realize, okay, I may not understand how to do this. So maybe I do need somebody in my small group. I need a small group leader. I need to go have coffee with them and, and just say, hey, so what do you do? Hey, how, how does this work for you? And, and, and begin to get some more, you know, practical help and advice and, and prayer, you know, to move uh, your family forward spiritually. And so I think just taking the initiative is, is one of the things that men specifically need to do. Yeah, you really kind of took a moment in that message to speak directly to men about the, you know, the burden or the opportunity really, as you said, uh, to step forward and be the spiritual leader in, in their homes. And you had three questions or three opportunities for them to really kind of step into that role. And here's what you said. The three most important questions you will ever help your wife and your children answer. Number one, who will we worship? Who will you worship? You were called to lead them to lovingly give their life to Jesus and sacrifice everything in their life to honor and serve him. And by the way, that means we've got to honor and we have to model that to them. Secondly, we need to teach them and show them where are we going to worship? We are not going to be a kangaroo and hop from this church to that church. We're not going to hop to the lake and the ball field and then, oh, let's go. We got an open week. Let's go to church. We are going to lead them to attend and connect to and be involved in a community of believers that serve the gospel, that love Jesus, and are on mission for the Great Commission. And then finally, we help them answer the question, who will you marry? Who will you marry? Do not let your daughter or your son date an unbeliever. Do not 
let them date anyone that you have not given approval for. 100% of the time, we marry those that we date. So if you are unhappy with someone that they are dating, it is your job to lovingly have the conversations to move them into an opportunity to make a change. Men, we have this opportunity. It is an amazing role that we fulfill. That was really just a great moment there in, in the service. I think a lot of men really connected to that. And I'm just curious too, you know, when, when, when men step into that role and they commit to being the spiritual leader of their homes and then wives really commit to this idea of growing together with their spouse spiritually, how does that just really transform the family unit as a whole? Oh man, it, it changes everything. Now all of a sudden we're working uh, and living on the same team. You know, we recognize that I'm a sinner I recognize that you're a sinner, you know, and we together have to begin to, you know, grow as followers of Jesus. So that means I'm identifying and repenting of sin where I'm being selfish. And, you know, the the fun thing about that is it, it can be painful to begin to, okay, I'm being selfish in this. And, and then I've got to put my, my wife first in that. It's not what I want. I don't get to do what I want. I, I got to... I, I want to do and, and serve her. And so when we switch, you know, that mentality, it's, it's difficult and painful at sometimes, but then when we actually step into it and we see our wives flourish and we see her blossom and we see our kids begin to grow spiritually, then you step back and you're like, whoa, man, I sh- why didn't I do this sooner? You know, and so I think it's I think it's one of those things where, you know, we're worried, we're scared, um, but we just have to have a faith that just trusts the Lord, and we just say, you know what, I don't understand how to do all this, but I but I do understand my selfishness, and I do understand that anytime I'm raising my voice and I'm trying to you know get my point across to her, um, I can win. I, well, I mean, I can think I can win this argument or I can step back and say, you know what? Nobody really freaking cares. Nobody cares, you know, who put the toilet paper on wrong or who did the toothpaste the wrong way. You know, nobody cares who's, you know, I see so many people just arguing about stupid, silly, insignificant things, you know, and if it's not going to matter next week, it's definitely not going to matter next year. So I think, I think we've got to kind of raise the bar of maturity just in our own life and just say, okay, I'm not going to argue about silly stuff. I want to just die to my need to win the argument. I want to die to my need to, you know, feel like I'm in charge or feel like, you know, I am, I'm the man and I made my point and just realize, okay, this is silly. This is childish. You know, I want to serve. I want to put her needs first. What does she need me to do? What does she need me to do? And I think if we can just ask our wives that question, how can I be a better husband? What can I do to make you feel loved? If you have that conversation and she responds and you begin to do those things, I'm telling you, it makes a whole world of difference. And you do this in the name of Jesus because, listen, when Jesus says, die to yourself, this is what it means practically in your marriages. Die to your needs. Die to what you want her to do for you and ask her, what do you want me to do or what can I do for you? This is what it, this is what it means to follow Jesus. That's really good. There's just a lot of power in that simple but, but, but profound step forward 
in your marriage. It leads perfectly into what you laid out as, as the bottom line in that message. And it's a great place, I think, to start. And it's just telling your spouse and, and she needs to know or he needs to know that forever means forever and spiritual growth means growth together. I think that really kind of puts a, a nice bow on, on that step forward in your marriage and understanding what it means to die to yourself and to grow together spiritually. Yeah, I think it's important that, you know, if the divorce word or term has been anywhere in the conversation that we need to kill it and we need to say, okay, honey, forever means forever. We're not going to, we're not going to entertain this. We're going to move forward together. So spiritual growth for us means that we're going to learn how to grow together. And, um, I think when we do that, we, we can begin to experience a level of spiritual maturity that we've never experienced before. God blesses that. And it, it actually gets you to a point to where you can enjoy marriage. You can enjoy your marriage. And that's really the tagline, the purpose of this of this entire series is really to to really teach you how to enjoy your marriage and how to put, put Christ in the middle of your marriage. So that was really great stuff. Thank you as always, Pastor Trent. Really excited Absolutely. for this series. And on the next episode, we will move right into what does it mean to date as a Christian? How should Christians approach dating? And we will see you on the next episode. If you enjoy this resource, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and drop us a rating or review. Subscribing to the podcast not only helps us to continue to grow this resource, but it also ensures that you always receive the latest episodes as we release them twice a month on Wednesdays. For more information on Foothills Church, visit foothillschurch.com. Thanks for listening.